Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Derek Pernasiglio Show. And boy, we have got two special guests in the studio. We have got two-time ARCA champion Bill Venturini, but we also have his wife, Kathy, here, who served on the Ultra Blue crew, the all-female pit crew. That was pretty cool. And guys, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Well, Thank nice, you. Yeah, nice to be on the show. I know first time with you, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, I uh, I am friendlier, obviously, with uh, your daughter Wendy. We worked together for a while at NASCAR Images when uh, when they were around, and uh, had a lot of fun working with her. We were, we we're all, all Italian, so we kind of got <laughs> yeah, each other. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> we kind of understand each other. But uh, how have you guys been doing? And uh, it's great to see you. You both look great. And uh, how's the season going? You got a couple of wins. Uh, well, we got five in a row so far. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of wins. Uh, yeah, a couple of wins. Can't complain. Uh, mm -hmm. We've won two on the West Coast with uh, Sean Higurami. Mm -hmm. uh, I um, We ran uh, Irwindale and then Bakersfield, so we won those. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we won Talladega. And then we won Kansas. 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 And there was one more. I don't remember because we're five in a row. Dover. And Dover. And then we <laughs> won Dover. Oh, you won so much you forget, huh? <laughs> it's, it's becoming that. Big. Well, you know, because two of them were the West Series, Arca West, Arca Menards West Series. And then mm -hmm. Dover was the Arca East Series. Mm -hmm. And then Talladega was the Arca Premier Series. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is our first time ever running the West Series. Um, we only run like one or two races a year and that's how phoenix at the end of the year well now we're running the whole schedule this year mm -hmm. for the west series and we're running the whole east series which you've, we've never done before either so uh i think we're running two full-time in the east series one full-time in the west series and four full-time in the premier series how do you guys manage to balance all of that because <laughs> I mean, originally you guys are of the original ARCA organization right. where it was, you know, when they were cup cars, basically, right? They they were the same as a cup car back then. Yeah, exactly. And, and now you've got four teams, sometimes a fifth, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. How do you balance the East series, the West series, and then the national stuff? Um Billy. I, I was going to say, we really don't. Right. Uh, my son right. Billy does all of that. Um, you know, she handles payroll and she handles uh, all the invoice, paying the invoices. I handle all the invoices coming in. I handle mostly the truck stuff, insurance stuff. As far as the racing part of it, the competition part of our company, that's my son Billy. I got to give him credit. I, I don't know if I should give him credit or really be pissed at him <laughs> because of you know you know we, we're we're talking about maybe slowing down and he gives us the most races we've we've ever had like like when we go to we the way we figure it out and count it like we go to talladega we have four cars so we have to prepare technically four full teams so and eight cars because you gotta have a backup yes right? yes oh so God. so we're talking we, t we call that four races because we've prepared four full teams. The most we've ever done, I think, was like 87 in a year. This year, we've had 102. Uh -huh. So Races. Yes. 102 teams that we have to prepare for the year. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, not, not races. You know, like when we go to Talladega, I said that's four. We right, count right. that four. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, like okay. Nashville this week, that's two. So. But we have to prepare 102 teams throughout the year. And how big of a staff do you guys have? What have we got? There's 15, 15 full-time full employees. 15 full-time. And then we have employees that we 
have contract workers for the weekends that help us. Yeah. Okay. On the weekends, we have anywhere between 45 and 60 employees total. Do you guys still do a little bit of the old school stuff where, where you're in that area, contact a friend and see if they want to come help? Oh, the of team course. Oh, yeah? <laughs> not, okay. not, not as much help, but just come and visit and visit with us. You know, we're, we're, we're in our one of the golden years or whatever. Right, right. Well, actually, this will be our 50th year anniversary, too. Really? Yeah. Yes. Congratulations yeah. to you both. I've barely hit my first anniversary yet. It's coming up in August. So, Well, we're yeah. 50 years in racing this year and 50 years and, married. Right. Wow. No We've kidding. done it 50 years being married in racing. Yeah. So, so you started racing the first year you, you were married. On our the honeymoon. Weekend. On the weekend of our honeymoon. <laughs> So wait a minute, you were racing on your honeymoon? Yes. How did this go over with uh, your side of the family? Oh, she- I loved it. Okay. Yeah, she pushed, believe me, she's pushed racing more than, twice in the 50 years I've actually said I quit, I'm done. And uh, she'll get to the point, she says, I can't stand you anymore, let's go, we gotta go racing. Oh, so that's what it is. Yeah. Huh? You start I'm, to get on her nerves? Yeah, <laughs> he gets in my way. Do you, do you guys work together in the office? Yes. Oh, you do? You don't get on each other? Well, I'm sure you do. We've worked together for 50 years. So you're figuring each other out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've figured it out. I'm married to an Italian woman. Yeah. You learn to just bite yeah. your lips. No, I know. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm an Italian. You know, just, uh, I, I get it. I come from that background. So, yeah. You I, know, I, when we had our gas stations, she was part of the gas station business in Chicago. And then when we decided to move to Charlotte 30 years ago, it's been 30 years since we moved to Charlotte, um, we bought one gas station here in, in Concord, North Carolina, because I was kind of scared. You know, I knew how to make a living race, I mean, owning gas stations, but here I am going down to North Carolina. Um, and I had that for 10 years, actually. I had, I had it for about two years, and she Maybe. had it. And she had it for eight years. <laughs> so you took it over and ran everything. Well, it was one of those bad days. I, I came home and I threw the keys on the kitchen counter and I said, there's the keys to the gas station. She says, yeah. And I says, I'm not going in tomorrow. I'm not opening it up. She's what? I said, nah, there it is. If you want it, there's the keys. Go open it up. So she ran it for eight more years. Wow. And what were you doing in that time? Racing? Yeah. Or just yeah. Well, building cars? Yeah. Well, going we, to the shop. Going to the day. shop. Going okay. to the shop every day. Yeah. At that point, it was. I think it was just me and my son and one other one other employee. So, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't get to where we are till about ten years ago when when Billy took over the company. Mm -hmm. Um. It was at a point where we had gone to the point where we've, I spent all of my resources that we had to go racing for my son, Billy. And finally it was, I don't know, 2007. I don't even know what year it was, but the season ended and I sat him in the office and I said, Billy, I says, we can't afford to do this anymore. I, you know, my wife, without me knowing, had already taken a second mortgage. I had remortgaged the house because we, we had a line of credit. Well, I didn't know it how we kept racing and she just kept taking money out of the line of credit. Well, finally, the year, I says, well, where are we at? She says, well, we owe a lot of money. And I go, what? So I sat down with Billy and I said, we can't do this anymore. I says, so, so what do you want to do? And he said, well, dad, I love racing. This is my life. I don't want to quit. And I said, okay, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you part of the company. You do what you want with it. You grow it, whatever you want to do. I'll support you, but you have to do it. I'm not going to go, I'm kind of, getting in the back seat and he said okay and he started this he got had a good relationship with jd gibbs because he had run legends cars with jd mm -hmm. and um we started kind of a little development program and jd said hey you know i got this kid he's not old enough to run in nascar yet but 
maybe we can run a Menarca. And it was Joey Logano. Mm -hmm. So uh, we said, okay, Billy says, all right. We put him in the car. We went to Rockingham with Joey and uh, spanked the field. We, <laughs> we lapped everyone but the second place car. Uh, so, of course. Yeah, no, so it kind of, you know, it put us on the map. Okay. And then, then uh, he ran for us for two years, just selected races. He won uh, Pocono with us. Mm -hmm. He ran Daytona. He ran Talladega. And uh, that's how we got put on the map. And then Billy just started to increase and increase. And I, I kind of warned him, I'd probably say eight years ago, I said, just remember, you're creating a monster. And, <laughs> and you have to feed that monster. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I said, you know, you got to, now you like today. Okay, look, look out in the shop, Billy. You've got 15 families that rely on our program. He says, I know dad. I says, well, okay. He's, I got to tell you, Derek, he's done a phenomenal job with our program. As you can see. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, mean, you guys are the Hendrick Motorsports of ARCA. I hear that all the time. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Yeah, I got to take it. It's fully. a huge compliment. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys have built pretty much a dynasty in the ARCA series. Well, I appreciate that. That's cool. Uh, no ever thoughts of doing like an Xfinity series or truck stuff? Or we, you're just happy where the, yes. the, the empire you've built, huh? We, we've we've talked about it. Billy talked about it. You know how you say, I don't want to be the minnow in the ocean. I like being the big fish in the pond. Right. We make a living. All of our employees make a good living. Um, you know, we offer insurance. We offer. Uh, there's a bonus program in our pro in our team in our company. So we're very happy where we're at. We don't want to take the chance and go Xfinity racing or truck racing. And you know, how many teams make a, make a profit? Right, and that also, and you know, you guys technically, you're you're a business. You have to keep the doors open, the lights on, and everything exactly. like that. So why take the chance, you know, on a, on a possibility when you know what you've got is is working? And you know, we're like I said, we're fifty years married. I'm seventy years old. How, more, how many? Really? How much, yeah. How, you how, look great. How much, gee, thanks. Huh. How much longer do I want to do this? I, I, I made Billy make me a promise. What five years ago? I said, do me a favor. I said, let's make sure we still are around for my our fiftieth anniversary for the racing team. Mm -hmm. So this is our fiftieth year, and I told him, I says, after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I keep saying that. But I don't think I could quit. My 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 father is the same way. He keeps saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow down doing this kid. He's he's gonna be 79 years old this year, and he's been fielding midgets since the 70s. And we tell him all the time, don't slow. If you slow down, you're gonna come to a complete stop because this is your exercise. This is your you know this is what keeps your blood flowing. This is what keeps you vital. You know, so you know keep doing it. Now his grandson is driving for him. Oh, that's cool. So uh -huh. yeah. And they're, they're not doing too bad. Uh, you know, we're just a small family midget team that races in the Northeast. But that's kind of like how you guys started off, right? As a small family team in, yep. in Chicago. What part of Chicago? Right by O'Hare Airport, Northwest yep. Side. Okay. okay. Um, our race shop was our two-car garage. Really? In fact, when we got our second race car, in order for Billy to play basketball as a kid on the driveway, they had to push the car into the grass. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that the same garage you won your championship out of? Yeah, the, yep. the first one. Both of them. Oh, yeah, both of them. We, we yeah. didn't move until we 1993. Didn't move to 93. In a right. two-car garage, you guys yep. 
built in the Arctic Championship. Well, what That's was amazing. what was nice was um, at that point. While the first couple of years we ran our, which I started in '83, uh, we ran everything totally out of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it was like I had one car, so we would race Daytona, cut the fenders open, go run a short track. Okay, and then if we were going to run a speedway, we'd put new fenders back on it. Oh, it was a mess. I mean, we had one car. And then as we grew, we ended up, like she said, with two cars. And then it was, I had to move the cars around in the yard. And then I had a semi, which I parked alongside the house. <laughs> there was no room at whatsoever. Now, were Wendy and Billy born by this time? Yes. Oh, yeah. they were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was just, um, then I met Norman Negree. He was uh, the head body man at... Uh, Stuart Haas for years after he left uh, left us, but I met Norman. He was down here in Concord, North Carolina, and I lo- I saw one of the cars he did, and I fell in love with him. We so were I'm, at Daytona that at the, year. Yeah, at Daytona, and I said, "Oh my God, look at this Casey Casey Spurlock." Yeah, his car was beautiful. And I said, "My gosh, that car looks nice." Who did the car? So I met Norman Degree, and we made a deal, and um, I think it was eighty six. 85 is when he started to do my stuff for me. Well, then in 86, I bought a car from uh, Cale Yarborough yep. at the end of the year. And then uh, in 87 is when I won the championship with that car. That was my Speedway car. But I kept my, Norman then kept my Speedway cars in Charlotte, in Concord. Mm-hmm. And I kept a short track program in Chicago. Okay. So gotcha. so it was he was a satellite like when we'd go to run a speedway, he would we would drive from Chicago to whatever track, and he would just bring the car. I would bring all the equipment and everything with me, okay. And he'd bring the cars to the speedways because they've got all of the information, the technology. Yeah. They know how to massage the bodies oh, and all gosh. of that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was was that your one and only car, or no? You had two cars, right? Yeah, you had I had a short track, track car and a speedway. And car. that was the same year you won the championship, '87. Mm-hmm. You won. Okay, so you yeah. did it with two cars that year. Did it with year, two cars then, which is unheard of nowadays because guys are going through cars left and right for one championship. Yeah. And then in 91, when we won our second championship, um, we were doing the bodies now at back at our shop uh, mm-hmm. back in Chicago because now I hired a full-time crew chief at the time, and uh, he did, he was a body man, so that helped a lot. And uh, we had two short track cars and one speedway car mm-hmm. back then. So um, And he was working as your employee in your my only, car garage. My only full-time employee, yep. Wow, that's amazing. Now, Ed, uh, you did uh, USAC. Uh, stock cars first before yep. Ar- Arca, right? Yeah, in the 80... 79? Se- yeah, 78, 79, and yeah. 80. Okay. I, I quit running USAC in 80. When USAC kind of went downhill and... Uh, they we, were more open wheel. Yeah, then mm-hmm. there was a an, uh, USAC driver, Sal Tavella. He started a series in the Chicagoland area, area called the International Racing Association. And it was USAC cars, mm-hmm. same as ARCA cars. At the at that given point, they were the same. Right. And uh, we ran that for a couple of years. I won a couple championships with him. And then uh, we went to Daytona in 82. Yeah, 82. And I, I says, well, I always wanted to go there. Always wanted to run Daytona, so... I said, let's go try it. So we did. In 82? In 82. With your USAC car, mm-hmm. the Camaro? No, I, back then. So we had to change. We changed it to a Buick Regal. Yep. Oh, okay. Buick Regal. Then in 80, in 83, I went down there. I says, all right, we're, I only went, ran one race in 82 in Arca. And then in 83, 
we went down and with a car that Tiger Tompa Stone built for me. Uh-huh. It was a uh, Pontiac Le Mans. Okay. And um, I said, well, let's go to Daytona. We'll see. How, and I think we finished like sixth or seventh, something like that. I don't even remember. So the next race was Nashville. Hang on. Wait, before you go any further, how many cars were they starting in that ARCA race? Because they, they used to start like 60. 50. I, well, well, there was probably 60 there. <laughs> They'd start 40. Wow. Yeah, but there would be 60, 70 cars that would show up. It, it was it was crazy. It was tough to make races back then. Yeah, I bet. Uh, you know, when 60 cars show up looking for 40 spots in the field, 20 guys are going home, going which home. could make a field of their own, you know, like a non-qualifiers race or something. That is insane. And technically, you guys were using cup cars at the yep, time, yep. right? Well, yeah, because I bought the Kale Yarborough car, mm-hmm. and uh, then I, then Tiger built me a Tiger Tom built me a brand new car. That was my first new Arca car at that point. And um, we went to eighty. Went like I said, we went to Daytona, and then we went to Nashville, and I finished second. Well, I'm leading the points now in the Arca series. And I looked at her and I says, "Well." Let's go to the next race. I says, we'll, we'll run ARCA until I'm not leading the points. So we led the next race, and then we led the next race, and then we led the next race. <laughs> and I had well, now I've won at Flat Rock. And I says, oh, gosh. We ran the whole season. I led the points from the second race to the last race. And I lost the points championship, what, by five points, I think it was? Five points, which was at that point... One position. One position. Oh, really? That to Bobby Dotter, right? Yeah. Hey, you did your homework. Yeah, I tried to. You know, yeah. I, I tried to as much as I can. You know, I try to come prepared. Yeah. Uh, so we. Uh, and that was 80, 83. 83. Okay. Yeah, eighty four. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Eighty five. Same thing. Just. I said, second, oh, second. 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 Third. <laughs> that points lead is so addictive when you got it, oh, right? Gosh, I, I really hated it, but I loved it. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny too because I've won championships before uh, racing the open wheel cars, and whoever says when you're leading the points, whoever says you're not thinking about the points, you're lying. They're, they're bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just full of it. Absolutely. So, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, at what point did you guys or did you say? I'm gonna put it together, an all-female crew, and my wife is going to be on it, and so is my sister-in-law, and everyone. Well, she can, she can tell you about that. Go ahead. Well, right. after after 1985, 85. I think it was, we came back from Daytona, and driving back, we're like, Bill says, "There's a lot of drivers down in Daytona. What can we do that's gonna bring us some notoriety?" It's like, I don't know, can we get some girls together and teach them how to do pit stops? And we talked about it. You know, that's a long drive from Daytona and to that, Chicago. That idea just came out of the blue. You yeah, like, well, because what? I had been working with the guys. I had done pit board. I had done overflow. But I never changed a tire. Mm-hmm. So it was like, if I like doing this, there's got to be other women that like to do this. Mm-hmm. We just got to give them a chance. Right. So we started putting it together, and he started with an ad in the racing <laughs> paper. Didn't get any response. Yeah, the, at Speedport, Speedsport News put an ad in the paper. Uh-huh. Uh, looking for uh, all, all female, looking for women. Um, 
lots of fun, oh, hard work, lots of fun, no pay. <laughs> uh, Didn't get a response from anybody. Didn't get a response. No. Uh, you, sometimes the fun is the big selling yeah. factor. But So we started putting the groups of friends of ours together, and um, we started doing demonstrations. Uh-huh. And it got took off so good that we were going into every racetrack the day before to do these demonstrations. Okay. And it just got too costly. I wasn't using them as a pit crew yet. Oh, okay. They, so, yeah, they yeah. were just doing demonstrations. Okay. That was, that was at every track? Well, it depended. Well, the IRA series, we did a lot with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first time we did a pit stop during a race was an ASA Milwaukee race. Okay. Yeah, it could have been. You know, it was way back, and it was the first time we were going to do an actual pit stop during a race. Oh, wow. And that was big. So that was the way it started. Yeah, and and we couldn't have, it got to the point we couldn't afford it. So we said, hey, we got to quit. Well, then right, it was like two months after we said we quit, Sports Illustrated calls us. They said, we want to do a story on the all female pit crew. And I said, oh, Kath. We don't have the girls anymore. We don't have the girls anymore. What are you going to do? This is after the championship? No, no, no. no. This, oh, is oh, this is before. Oh, okay. So, per, you know, so then uh, Speedport says, well, we want to do a story. And so at that time, Permatex was the series sponsor for ARCA. Mm-hmm. And we were now running ARCA full time. And I happen to know the marketing guy for Permatex, Bill Price, great friend of ours. Um, he, he was running the racing program. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we said we we talked to him. He says, "Well, if we're going to do this, Kath, we got to do this right. We got to get somebody that's going to sponsor us." So we get, talked to Permatex, and I, they I, agreed within an hour. Within an hour, they jumped at it. We said, "Hey, we want to start." The- so now we're like, "Oh, oh, oh, gosh, oh gosh, we got to do this now. Right. Now we can't back <laughs> now out. You're committed. Now yeah, we're committed." Right. Mm-hmm. So we started really putting it all together and. Wow. And the girls practiced in my driveway. Right. Oh, and he was brutal and to I, us. I heard, like, uh, originally they didn't want you changing tires, and you kind of... Bill? I you, didn't want you, her changing uh, tires. You, Bill, you practiced Bill and practiced and were beating everyone else. Yeah. Right? Bill looked at me and says, I don't want you changing tires. You got two kids at home. And I'm like, I want to do this. <laughs> so when he was at work and the kids were at school... Work at the gas station? Yeah. Yeah, I was working at the gas station at that time. I would take the air tank out and the gun, and I'd sit in the garage and practice and practice and practice. So I knew, I knew what I was doing. Oh, good. (laughs) And and those wheels, those bigger steel wheels, those things weighed a ton, too. 80 pounds with the liners in them. God. So come time, we're going to get this, we get all of these girls together, and we say, all right, we're going to have tryouts and practice. And she just lays them all away. She's like the fastest one there. And says, oh, man, I can't. Now nah, i got to let her change tires. Right. What am I going to do? You, you're sitting there. You sit back and you went, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. And I tell you what, going over, I give you credit, because going over the wall is scary. Because I've done it before during late model races. And you know you've got cars flying around you, but you got to concentrate on what you're doing. you got to re- realize, back then, there was no pit road speed. Or no limit, right? No helmet, no helmet, no, no fire, fire suits. suits, right? Not like it is now. No, the gloves we had were little baseball gloves. Yeah, we bought we baseball gloves. We didn't have good knee pads like they have today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unbelievable. We raced the dirt races at Springfield to coin. We actually, back and then, you pitted on the racetrack. 
Oh, that's right. You didn't have, so you pulled in along the inside wall, and the cars are racing by you under green flag, and you're changing tires. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of stupid, I got to say. They were, they were cowboys back then. Yeah. They, they oh, really that were. was probably the scariest moment of my life. He got a flat tire at the dirt track when they went back green. So he says, all right. I got a rear tire flat. And I says, oh, that's my sister's tire. <laughs> and he goes, uh-uh, Kath, why aren't you changing it? Oh, okay. I'm like, I told my sister, she was reaching over the wall, and I said, just grab onto my shirt if you see a car get sideways. Yeah. Grab me out. Don't let me get squished between the wall and the car. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, that's that's scary. And what, what the girls have done to help I know evolve racing which a lot of people don't realize it but back then nobody was doing choreography choreographed whatever choreographed choreographed there you go pit stops you'll get okay it. the girls had to we had to practice we had to make because they were going up against the guys yeah. um a lot of things a lot of people don't realize is brunholzel jacks george brunholzel the girl back then we had steel walker jacks and i was drilling holes in them to make them lighter and doing this and doing that and uh, George says, hey, you know, I'm going to be making some aluminum jacks. I contacted him. So his prototype aluminum jacks, which are now the standard of racing, mm -hmm. were used for the girls. The one-pump jack. Yeah. Oh, well, no, it wasn't okay. one pump back then. Oh, okay. It was like a five-pump. But the jack went from like 80 pounds to 40 pounds because we went to an aluminum jack. So the girls were the first ones to ever use an aluminum jack. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now it's standard now yeah it's amazing do you guys still talk to the all-female crew do you get together anymore or well when do? this podcast started that nascar did on us for mm -hmm. uh women's history month i contacted all the girls and i said you know somebody might be calling you to ask you some stories and whatnot mm -hmm. this is who it's going to be and well the girls all started with reunion reunion all right so we've decided we're having an Ultra Blue Crew reunion at the Milwaukee race. Oh, cool. In August. In August. Oh, cool. Yeah. Who's going to do the pit stops? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. you got to no? realize we're all in our 60s. <laughs> My sister, who was the baby, is right. is in her 50s. Well, you still work out, right? Well, you work out with Wendy's uh, gym, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, six okay. days a week. <laughs> really? Six days a week? Yeah, yes. she shows me up. Good for you. That's awesome. I try to work out as much as possible. I tell everybody I, I work out three days a week just to stay 10 pounds overweight. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look it. I, you know, I, I like my pizza. I like my pasta, but it, it's a lot of miles to run to work it off. <laughs> it is. I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the other thing. You work out like six days a week at Wendy's boot camp, right? Yep. She's got burn boot camp. Burn boot camp. Yeah. Uh, what, two locations, I think? She she's, has two, yes. Good One for her. Oh, uh, no, three now. She's, she's got three. Got, three. She's got Burlington, Mebbin, and Central Triad. Yeah. Really? So they're way out there. Yeah, and she oh, actually- They're not that far. Mom works out at the Concord Burn Boot Camp, which isn't my daughter's, but my daughter's a trainer there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, Wendy's involved in all of it. I know. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, there's, there's people that play an integral part in your career, uh, you know, in racing. And I have to say that uh, Wendy saved my ass big time because when race day was canceled, I had moved down here in 2001. Worked on race day for just two months, and then they canceled the show. TNN canceled it altogether. Yep. So here I am, 
just moved down to North Carolina, don't know anyone, don't, you know, don't know the area, and uh, now I'm out of a job. So I was doing odd jobs, but like John Roberts, he had his landscaping yep. company. Yep. Yep. I actually was landscaping with John Roberts and uh, just did announcing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And around September, Wendy was over at NASCAR Images and she had dropped my name to the people over there and said, you know, uh, if you need a production assistant, you know, call this guy Derek and... You know, uh, it, it got the ball rolling to get hired over at NASCAR, and we were over there. I was over there for 11 years. Good so, for you. Yeah, Good. she, uh, one of the other people, you know, that saved my ass when things got rough around you, you here. You worked so, at yeah. TNN for Patty Wheeler. I did. So did yes, I. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, Patty was great. She's another one that was in my corner uh, through my career, too. So speaking of Charlotte and doing broadcast, uh, the uh, announcing there, uh-huh. I got to tell you a story. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, so I had worked for TNN, and I, when I got retired, and then Billy was racing, I, I was doing the ARCA races for TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm up in the booth, and I'm the color commentator, and Billy's in the race, and Andy Hillenberg's leading the race. The yellow comes out. Now I, I'm up in the broadcast booth, and I got my headset, and I'm talking. <laughs> and uh, the yellow comes out, and Andy goes past pit road. He's leading. So when he looks in his mirror, well, everyone else behind him peels off on the pit road. Andy's sitting by himself as he's coming through the trival. So what's he do? He cuts across the grass to get in his pit. I totally forget that we're live TV. And, and I go... <laughs> hot I go, mics and everything. Hot right? mics and everything. And I go, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> so, of course... As you would know, in my ear, I hear from the production guy, uh, Bill, we're still live. And then I go, oh, no shit. And, and I, I go, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, God. So that, that was my one fapu or yeah, faux pas, faux pas or whatever in uh, doing my broadcasting. Did you do any more after that? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I broadcast all the way till Wendy graduated. Okay. That, that's I paid for her college education. My All of my TV checks which I did the ARCA stuff. I did uh, all the voiceovers for uh, uh, the Hooters Pro Cup series. Mm-hmm. I did some, I did a couple Xfinity. I did a couple truck races. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of those checks went to University of North Carolina to pay for her college <laughs> education. So that was nice. At least I had a, I had a, su- a subsidy to help help fund it. So those, that was nice. Those voiceover gigs are great, aren't they? You just uh, well, go sit down. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Talk about what you see on TV. Well, and well, it was get cool. a paycheck. What right? was cool about it was uh, they were all voiced over in Atlanta, the ARCA races and the uh, Hooters Pro Cup races. Mm-hmm. Well, the Hooters Pro Cup races, me and my wife would go to some of the races because they were around the southern area, ARCA, I mean, uh, North Carolina or Georgia. So we'd go. So I'd be in the pits and I'd get all the scoops and I'd know what was going on. Well, then come voiceover time, you know, I'm back in the studio and and uh, me and, um, oh my gosh, who was it? Uh, was it Rick, Rick, Benj- Rick? Rick Benjamin. We had him on here earlier this week, yep, actually. Yep, yeah, Rick, great guy. Me, oh, me and him, we we were we were like this together. And he knew that I knew all the outcomes, right? And I'd say, you know, race would start and I'd say, you know, you gotta watch the number seven. He's pretty quick today in practice, you mm-hmm. know? And you know. Teeing so, it up. Yeah, teeing it up, you got it. <laughs> you know, teeing it up, but I had the golf club, so it was kinda neat. <laughs> That's great. And then i go from one side of Atlanta in the morning at 10 o'clock, and then i go to the north, north side. I was south side for Hooters, the north side uh, with, um, Robert Kramer, Bob Kramer. Okay. And I do the ARCA races there. So I'd get paid, do both gigs, same day in Atlanta, and then I just drive home. Wow. I did great. that for three years. That was, that was, but I like that. 
I do. I, I know what you mean. It, it's uh, it's fun to do. You know, you get to sit down, watch a race, talk about what's going on. You know, you joke back and forth with the host. So, and, and then uh, the drive back to Atlanta, that three or four hour drive, that gave me time to make my business calls on my phone and not be bothered by any employees. And you know, it was yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> and uh, was this the time that you had had the team, right? Yeah, Billy was racing. Okay. Billy yeah, racing. yeah. We've we've never not had a team. Um, it's just that. At that point, Billy wasn't racing full time, and um, yeah, that was before we started the, the driver development program. That was when Billy was racing. When I did all of that, in all of the years that you've been in ARCA, I mean, and you've seen the evolution from what it was then to now to merging with K and N East and West. Mm -hmm. uh, what has been some of the big, uh, big, huge changes that your team has had to adjust to? Well, the first change was the. Uh, composite body mm -hmm. you know we went to the composite composite body before anyone else did um actually we uh our team was the um guinea pig i would say for the uh, composite bodies for five star we um built a chassis i don't know when they were going to do it and they said hey we need a chassis to configure a composite body we built a chassis and sent it up to five star and they used our chassis to to actually make the composite bodies for the arca cars um that was a big change for us. And then uh, the biggest change was going to the Ilmore engines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, back then we leased our, we, we owned our own short track motors, but we leased our speedway motors. And sometimes we even leased, leased the short track motors, which was really expensive. Mm -hmm. um, at that point we were getting our motors from Gibbs, um, from JGR, they were doing our motors for us. And um, then they'd come out with this Ilmore deal. Well, back then you leased your motor. so. If I'm going to Daytona, I need $30,000 to lease the motors, okay? And if I'm going to a short track place, whatever, it was 15 or whatever. So I didn't have to come up with the money, it just on a per race deal. You know, and your money doesn't all come in up front. Mm -hmm. Your money comes throughout the year. Right. Um, come the Ilmore deal, like we're gonna go to Daytona the first year, and we're racing four cars. So back then, the motors were like 35 or 40,000 bucks a piece. Well, come January, I need to come up with $150,000 to go test because I got to buy four motors and you know, you've got to have a backup, whatever. And that was the biggest obstacle we had. Uh, fortunately, we had, I guess, foreseen what was happening mm -hmm. and we had saved some money and put it away knowing, but we didn't know it was gonna be that much money, you know, to do the program. But uh, we were lucky; we were able to get it get it going. And now, once the Ilmar, once you own the Ilmar motor, it's a better program. Mm -hmm. it, it is worth the money, but the biggest problem is the outlay to buy them. The startup, the startup cost on them. Okay, I understand. With the way that we are seeing the the full fendered racing going now, with the, the you know like the Cars Tour, ARCA, uh, can can a guy move up the ladder without? on his talent anymore I mean it's I mean we are seeing more and more guys buying their way into rides and everything but I and I understand why you guys are a business you got to keep the business going but is it possible for someone to to you know get a ride on their ability anymore <laughs> they, it's a long pause <laughs> I, I'd have to say no yeah um, somehow some way it's got to be funded from somewhere. Right. Doesn't have to be the driver. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, it could be you know the manufacturer, it could be a sponsor, it could be but you know all of us in ARCA today, you know it, it's it's over a million dollars to run a program a year. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have it? No. Right. Uh, you know I've had some throughout the years we've had some fathers say, well can you do this? Can you you know can you cut us a price on that? And I said, well listen if I if I wanted to spend my money racing, my son would be driving. Right. Um, I, you know, you want me to cut $10,000 off your bill? Sure. You buy the tires. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, tires cost 11000 you know, whatever. Um, I hate it. I hate the idea that it's so expensive to do it. Yeah, because you're old school. You came I'm from... I'm old school. You came from the, the days of getting a ride because you can drive. I, right? You know, I, I had a gas station. I funded it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, I look back at our fortunate was when it got to the point where it got too expensive for me to do that, I got lucky and I got Amico as a sponsor. Then I had Rainex and then True Value. Um, I was very fortunate that I had some good corporate people to, to back me. Mm-hmm. Um, come Billy's time in his in his career, at that point, it got too expensive to get those that kind of money to do it. So it was kind of a combination some corporate sponsorship. Permatex was good with us with Billy. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they did a lot of races with him throughout through the Bill Price. I told you I knew him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they came out with a new product, he would sponsor us for that. Um, okay. We had some friends. It just it got to the point where it you couldn't do it. Right. Then it got to the point where you couldn't even get those people to do it because then it got to be, you know, six hundred thousand and seven hundred thousand and and. I'm not saying you can't race ARCA for less. You can, mm-hmm. but you can't at the level at the the level we're racing. Right. You know, and and we get the kids. Um, I would have to say, um, Toyota does not fund ever anyone 100. percent I know Chevrolet is through. Well, I shouldn't even say that. The our Rev Racing deal is a Chevrolet backed program, and we're the Toyota backed program. You, okay. you you know that. Okay. Oh, I don't, maybe you did know that. Well, no, I knew you guys were yeah. a Toyota team. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you guys get a lot of support from Toyota. Yes, we do. Okay. But nobody's 100% funded by Toyota, mm-hmm. um, contrary to what people think. You know, same thing with the Chevy deal. Max Siegel, he, he puts whatever Chevrolet doesn't put in, he has to come up with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, same program with us. You know, if a driver gets so much money through the program, then whatever let less balance that cost then either the parents or they have sponsors mm-hmm. that will come in and, and and fill the bill um are there any drivers that you see out there today or look at and think that you'd like to have him in your car but they don't have the money to do it oh gosh yes yeah, yeah there there's a, there's a bunch of them out there but and that's my i have to give i'll i'll take away from that question so to speak that's my son's billy my son billy's job he finds all the talent. He spots all the people that he feels, I guess he looks at the drivers first. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need this guy. Okay, this guy looks good. You know, he looks like they'll fit in our program. So that's the first thing Billy will do. Then he'll look, he'll contact them and say, hey, we're looking at maybe possibly, you know, having you come into our program. Where are you at? What can you bring? Mm-hmm. And then we go from there. Um, um there's a couple drivers that we've tested that can't come up with the money that, um, you know, uh, Ty Majeski. They need the support. You know, Ty Majeski is one of those guys that 
I think the last one that has come through the ranks without bringing some money. Really? Um, okay. But I think he's had some people help him. He's had to have some right. people there, help There's him. always there's backing from somewhere. Somewhere, right? yeah. Right. I understand. Um, but but he's, he's the one that I feel has come through the ranks with the least amount of support financially that, that he's gotten. Ah, okay. But what you guys have built, though, has been incredible. I mean, besides your two ARCA championships that you won as a driver, I mean, how many has the the, the whole organization won? Like a bazillion? Well, <laughs> we're, we're okay. You know, like right now, I think there's 26 drivers in NASCAR right now that have come through our program. Wow. You know, like, rattle off the name drop here. Rattle off some of the drivers that have driven uh, for you guys because I, I know the list is long. Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell. Joey Logano. I mean, Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman. Er, Eric <laughs> Jones. Eric Jones. Oh um, Bubba Wallace. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> William Byron. <laughs> William Byron. Bowman. Willie B. Yeah, Bowman. Bowman. Uh, you know, uh, Christian Eckes. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey Heim. Okay. Uh, Todd Gillian. Todd Gilliland. Gilliland. Yeah. No um, kidding. Chandler Smith. Mm -hmm. You know, they, those Christian are. Christian Eckes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean out of all of those uh, professional drivers that have moved up through the the ranks, which was uh, which is the one that you kind of enjoyed the most going with oh, racing? Okay. Oh, that's you hard. They can't play favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are. are. There, there's a few. Are there any that you wish are still driving for you guys just because you know of their ability on track and oh, just God. their overall? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but we've learned. We well, our job is to build them up mm -hmm. and send them off and send them off. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I we hope that they get everything that Billy is trying to teach them so they can further their careers. Mm -hmm. And our ultimate is when they're winning championships at the cup level. Okay. So, Joey's Joey's done it twice for us. Right. Right. He's kind of shown that you can you can win two championships yeah. and come through with you know driving for the veterans noah Gragston, zane smith they've all come through our program you know yeah, the truck yeah. drives i know yeah. it's been a, a list a mile long because you guys bring so many drivers to the track now now you have amber balkin right who's yep. been on yes. the who's been on the show before uh tony breidinger yes um who else you have jesse uh, love jesse love connor mosak no Is connor it? jones no, connor jones that's it the yeah. other Connor. Uh, dean thompson gus dean uh, who Good. else? Now they, oh, well, which ones run full seasons? The only one running full season is um, Jesse Love in the Arca Premier Series, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Higarani in the West Series and the East Series. And the East. And the East Series. He's running full time both in uh, Sean Higarani, the, the the East and the West Series. And the only one running full time in the Premier Series is Jesse Love. Do you guys ever have weekends where you have trucks going in both directions? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. When we won Talladega, April 22nd, we were in Talladega in the morning, and we won there, and we won in uh, Irwindale at, at night. Okay. So we were in California with one team and Talladega with four teams. Oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah. With Now, you know, uh, uh, ARCA is definitely a uh, development series. It's also a place for short trackers to kind of move up to the, the, yes. the bigger tracks. We've seen that with guys like Andy Sice and Andy Jankowiak who come from the Modifieds and stuff. What are your thoughts on those guys like, like them or Willie Mullins that don't run all the time, but they are trying to put together as good of a team as they can? Well, you, you just mentioned drivers that we all like. Yeah. So that made it real easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy and Andy are, are great. They, yeah. They really um, are. 
I'm glad to see that they they're increasing their involvement with ARCA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just you know, it's like Greg Van Alst. You know, this is his first. He's never run full time ARCA. He's the one that won Daytona. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now running full time ARCA. Um, you know, Andy J, J, Andy J as we call him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's increased his races that he's going to do. Um, good guys wish they had enough money to run the whole program. Believe me, we, we wish there, there were 20 full-time teams mm-hmm. because it just makes the series better. And um, when we won uh, last week at Kansas, one of the crew chiefs from, I won't mention which team, came up to us and congratulated us. And he used to work for us. And he said, he's, I said, well, I want to thank you. He says, I, he says, I want to thank you guys. And I said, for what? He says, because you've set the bar higher than anyone else and it makes us better trying to catch you oh good it's that's a huge compliment yeah and i thought mm-hmm. well i don't want to be the bar i just want to be the race team but right but um, you're on the top of the mountain everyone else is trying to oh knock my you gosh off, right? there's, we got arrows on our backs every day targets <laughs> on our back every day but it, it made me realize that i hope everyone sees that we're making the series better and it's more competitive if you watch an arca race lately oh yeah it's competitive oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's what right. i mean i, I was know, the reporter for knn for I over, know. almost 10 years so yeah i get it yeah, yeah i still watch it i have an, an affection for the arca series and of course the modifieds uh, doing that so i try to keep up with what's going on uh, absolutely i believe me i miss being on pit road I, I do i miss you know that action of being down in the trenches you know that's what my daughter said she, she, she was, was up in the booth and she said she and didn't she want... says i couldn't wait to get back to pit road i yeah those I, are my people mm-hmm. she said that's where i grew up mm-hmm. and she loves it down there it's uh it, it's kind of it's controlled chaos um mm-hmm. you know the the big difference is too when you're up in the booth and you're play by play or you're the host you are on you know all the time when you are down on pit road you have that moment to take that mental break and prepare what you're going to say next you know the the up in the booth stuff you've got to be yeah that's why that's why i swear up in the booth you got to think exactly you can't swear up in the booth you can't no dropping f-bombs and all that kind of stuff so uh when did when did billy uh wanted to start racing did he just did he start off in go-karts and all that he started out um well you got to realize yeah you got to realize i was racing so I couldn't let Bill. He was my tire changer at thirteen or fourteen or whatever. No, sixteen, 16. because that's oh, yeah. when I retired. Okay, okay. so then, then you didn't like him going over the wall. I bet, right? Well, when he turned sixteen, he had been spotting for Bill. Yeah, he, he started he, spotting for me at thirteen. He okay. said, "I want to change tires. I'm old enough now to come down on pit road." And Bill looked at him and says, uh, "I got my tire changers." And he says, if you can talk your mother into stopping changing tires, you can take her tire. Mm-hmm. Mothers are suckers. <laughs> we always give our kids what they want. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he started changing tires, but that didn't last long because no. then he started driving. Well, we, when, we, when we moved down here, um, a friend of mine had a Legends car mm-hmm. and uh, his son didn't like it. So he says, hey, you know, if you want to let Billy have the Legends car. You know, you can race my car. So, okay. You know, I couldn't afford to Billy race Arca because I was still racing. Right. So um, that's when he met J.D. Gibbs, when the, he's had the Legends car and they were racing at Charlotte because J.D. was racing Legends cars back then, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy and J.D. hit it off really good then. Well, then Billy started to uh, 
run the Legends cars, and we went to a racetrack, and I had a backup car in the trailer, and uh, I think it was Louisville. Mm-hmm. It was Louisville, yeah. We went to an ARCA race in Louisville, and they were short cars. And Bob Logo, who was the uh, race director at the time, came up to me and says, hey, Bill, um, can you bring out your backup car? And I said, why? He says, well, we're short cars. He says, can Billy get in it and start the race with your backup car? And I thought, oh, God, I don't really want to do this. I don't want him to get into the car and then, you know, want to race. Mm-hmm. So I says, yeah, okay, I'll let him do that. And son of a gun, he ran good, of course. So, you know, so now I'm thinking, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So then we went to... Odessa, Mich- Odessa? I-70? Yeah. I-70. I-70. Uh, fast place, too. Fast place. Mm-hmm. He was good. And <laughs> I brought the second car to let him race, and some gun was faster than me, okay? It was one of those, okay, Dad, here it is. Here, here, here's, the, uh, here's the sign of what's happening. Well, on the back of his car, because they were both painted identical, mm-hmm. and... and Back then, you know, you, you wreck somebody, they turn around and wreck you or you move you over. On the back of the car he was driving, he put, I am not my dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, how many feathers did you ruffle? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I bumped you once. I moved you twice. Oh, it's one of those, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well. at, at what point, though, did you know, were you saying to myself, this is time for me to call it quits and retire? About, well, we moved here in 93. 94, at that point, I knew Billy wanted to race. I knew I was at the point in my life where I've done everything I wanted. I, you know, I run, I run some cup races. I run truck. I run Xfinity. I've won two championships. I still hold the track record at Daytona and Talladega. So that's something I'm very proud of. For a car. For, uh, for ARCA. For, for ARCA. ARCA series. Oh, yeah, okay. I hold a track record there. How many miles an hour? Uh, 200 at Daytona average and 205 average at Talladega. Wow. I'm the fastest man in ARCA history. There you go. Good. So, so, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice yeah. bragging uh, thing so, to have. And so I've accomplished a lot of things in my life. Well, now I felt it was time for Billy. Mm-hmm. And that's when he really started to race, and then I backed out. Mm-hmm. In 94, we had a sponsor that sponsored gave me enough money that me and Billy both could race. Okay. And then that was it. Then I got out of the seat and said, all right, it's time for Billy. All right. Now, when you were starting to retire, what were your thoughts, Kathy? Because apparently you were the one who wants to keep racing and keep going. I was busy with Billy. Okay. So you were, you were, you were race mom then? Yeah. Okay. I, I went from race, race wife to race mom. Uh, so you had no qualms about your son hopping in a car and racing? No. Okay. No. So, so I, I, got, I always worried, but that's a mom's job. So I got to tell you, we're in Atlanta. Okay. We're running the ARCA race. And back then there were 67 cars, I think, trying to make the show. And I, and I had already, I knew I was going to make the show because I was, I was quick. Billy's in the be- second car. And he was And pract- he did give Billy the second car. I did give him. Okay, so I said, all right. So you got all the good stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so he pra- he's practicing and he's, oh, he's okay. He he may make the show. He may qualify the show. So it comes time to qualify. And uh, I said, all right, Billy. I said, no, this is Atlanta. I'm giving you, and I never gave him stickers. All the years he raced, he always had used tires. So I said, all right, I'm going to give you a set of stickers. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> said, I'm going to give you a set of stickers. He says, okay. I, he says, what can I expect? I said, all right, you can come around. You're going to get the green flag. Don't lift. He says, what? I says, run through one and two wide open. When you get to three and four, you're going to want to lift. Don't lift. Run at full throttle. He says, you sure? I said, Billy, I promise it's going to stick. 
said, when you cross the start finish line, don't run in one and two your second lap, full throttle. I says, because it probably won't stick. So he says, okay. He goes out there, runs a first lap, qualifies like 14th, I think, for the ARCA show. Okay. Comes, did just what I said, come in. I says, well, he says, that was scary. Yeah. He says, but it did stick. I says, I know. I told you it would stick one lap. It won't stick two. Because <laughs> you're carrying too much speed yeah. by then, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how many races did you guys do together? I have no idea. Yeah. Really? Was it? That's a that's a that's a question I'm gonna have to find out. I was gonna say, was it a lot or was it just oh, maybe one season? No, no, it was probably 15, 20 maybe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. To get to chat, yeah, you know, to get a chance to race with your dad, that that's pretty cool. And also for a dad to race, race with, with his, his son. son, yeah, that that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I yeah. never never had that opportunity. My dad was more of a car owner, but um, uh, over the years, like for you guys though, like to use an Italian term, you guys made your bones in the Arca series, you know, the, yep. uh, you know, you came from the, the era of the, the Bob Shacks, the Tim Steeles, yep. you know, the Bobby Dodders. And like, these were guys that could make a living racing in this series. Can it, it, it still happen? I, no, not, not really, not from a driver's point of view. I mean, a team, but can you guys race, you know, in that era where you can make a living and you didn't have to go to cup. I don't. I don't really think you made a living. I think because we all had second jobs. We oh, all had. Okay. We all had second businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, Bobby Dotter was a mechanic. Bob Shack was a body man at a, at a Ford dealership. Uh, we all had our biz, Our jobs. I had the gas stations. Mm -hmm. We all had our jobs that sustained our lifestyle. We could race and support our racing through racing. You could make a living, mm -hmm. but you could make a living. You could make your racing program survive. Okay. Racing. That's what. That's what we did. Uh, you know, every time um, until I got Amico, I guess it was um, whatever the car made, but right back into the race team. So we 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 were able to race with what we made or what we, you know, saved or put put even put in our pockets. But you couldn't make a living doing it. Uh, it Arca wasn't that. I don't think racing at that time, except for a couple cup guys, where it was that way. I mean, now today, you know, once you get into the and even the trucks and and the xfinity you know most of the times they got to bring a bring a program yeah you know no, i know there's the the ones that are making a living or are working on the cars and and you yeah. know that that's their full-time job but uh, uh going back earlier when you guys met like when you guys were just dating and everything were you into racing then or did he introduce it to you did you come from a racing family kathy <sighs> I came from a little like... bit of a racing family. My uncle had a car at Rockford Speedways, and and I was six, seven years old, mm -hmm. and we used to go while he had the car, and they were sponsored by Meisterbrow. <laughs> Which was a beer so, Which was a beer. I remember Meisterbrow. Oh, yeah, Way yeah. back. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you know how long ago that was, mm -hmm. and we used to all just pile in the stands and the kids all in the car and we used to go watch his car run okay and did you guys we, meet at the track no no oh no no okay i lived in a beach town a up beach north town. yeah in north of chicago up by a lake okay okay and he went up there with my cousin who my aunt was in the had a resort house in the backyard mm -hmm. and uh they went up there to spend a couple of weekends and I met him then. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Speaking of Rockford, you know that that's where her uncle raced. That's where my dad raced. He raced mm-hmm. at Soldiers Field in Rockford and O'Hare Stadium. Mm-hmm. Rockford was my home track. What do you uh, What are your thoughts about uh, that place being I'm, torn down? You know, Sue Deer. The Deerys. I have to tell you, the Deerys meant mean so much to me. Um, Hugh Deary, when because when, when I was racing, pulled me into his office one day, and he said, "Bill, he says we're in the entertainment business." remember that mm-hmm. racing is entertainment and he says i see some of these guys come into this track and they can't afford shoes for their kids or this and that because they want to race he said if i ever see you shortchange your family i'm going to bar you from my speedway oh wow and that that message has stuck with me for 50 years mm-hmm. that i will never shortchange my family which i never did to go racing um so you know speaking of rockford that's and then when we met, uh, she she didn't know who I was. She didn't know I loved racing. When I lived with my dad, he I couldn't have a race car because he raced. Because he raced, and he no he quit fifty nine, but he knew that if I went racing, it was he says you're gonna it, it's an addiction. You're gonna you're gonna go broke racing. And I said no no no. He says well you're never gonna race as long as you live in my house. Well okay, I got married. I moved out of his house, and next week I was racing. Oh my god, you, you know so. And, and I was a mechanic at his gas station at that point. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, you, you know, you did what I asked you to do. Now you're on your own. So going back, uh, you moved out to start racing or you got married too, right? Right. Now, were you guy, were you driving a race car before you were married? Because you said you, you were racing on your honeymoon. Was that, no, no, that no. That wasn't the first time. Yeah, that was the first time I ran oh, a stock car. Oh, it was the very first time? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, drag, I, I did some drag <laughs> racing. I did some drag racing. because Okay. I, I, but I never got in a stock car till I also raced go-karts as a kid growing up. Okay. But okay. on our honeymoon, I got into a hobby stock back then. They were called hobby stocks mm-hmm. or street stocks. And that was the first time I ever raced. At Flat Rock, Rock or Rockford? Rock, Rockford. Okay. Rockford Speedway. Okay. And I ran Rockford from 73 to 76, 77. So you were kind of around that era when John Canals was racing? Oh, yeah. And, and, okay, so you knew Chad. When oh, was Chad and Billy played together in the playground okay. at Rockford Speedway. Okay. But Johnny, uh, at that point in 73, no, come 74, ARCA changed, her, I mean, Rockford changed the rules. Mm-hmm. To the they were called the Rockford rules, and you had they went from the old late models, big tires, four fifty four engines, big blocks, you know, big slicks. They went to a three fifty cubic inch rule, two barrel carburetor, and street tires. Well, at that point, I had run hobby the the, the hobby stock the, 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 for three months in seventy three. Well, come seventy four. I was going to build me a new hobby stocker to go run. Well, then they changed the rules. Mm-hmm. So I told them, what? You know, it pays $35 to win the hobby stock race. It pays $25 to finish last in the late model race. Let's go late model racing. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do that, and that's I ran the Rockford rules. But Johnny Knaus didn't change over to the rules. So he only raced there when there were specials. Mm-hmm. But uh, I raced with Johnny there at uh, National Short Track Championship for years. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, because we've done that. We've done that. I sponsor lap twenty five still. Oh, really? That. Yep, yep. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. The the home track uh, was Chad as clever then as he is now. 
<laughs> oh, I he was a kid. Was, I don't know. He was. Well, wasn't he crew chief in his father's car when he was a kid, though? I, I oh, think. I don't know. Oh. I, did, I I I only knew Johnny. I didn't know Chad till okay. till Chad moved down here and became a crew chief, and then I said, "Hey, I, you know, I knew your dad." And one oh, of those deals. Okay, yeah. one of those deals. Yeah, because Billy and him played in the playground a little, but you know, I didn't pay attention to what the kids did back then. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, uh, and you've seen it over the years, the way that the kids are racing nowadays. I mean. We're seeing a lot of bump and run, lay a fender on someone. I wish they had to fix it. Take them out the last, you know, I've, we've seen in late model racing, you know, just uh, the leader get dumped with one or two to go. And like, what is your, like back in the day when you did that, you got your ass beat. Like, what is your take on all of that and how it's going and the whole Rubbin's racing thing today? Because in my opinion, contrary to popular opinion, Rubbin is not racing. It is a line from a stupid movie. It is uh, really. I come from the open wheel world. Well, open touch, wheel, you don't touch. You don't touch each other. Well, the same. I mean, just I don't know. In stock car racing, you just the whole bump and run thing. Like you didn't win. You know, you knocked the guy out of the way to win. It's just. What is your take on how these these kids? I are wish these now? kids had to work on them. Make them. Or, Can you make them work on them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> I wish they had to pay for them and work on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd have a whole new outlook on how they raced. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I like about Ty Majeski. That kid has worked on his cars from day one, and he races them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I can't complain. We've got a bunch of good kids right now. We have, you, you know, oh, Joe, great all, kids. We, we we all the kids that we have, or the and I'll call them kids, from Joey Logano on up because that's where they started with me as kids. Mm-hmm. They were all pretty respectful of what we had. Um, there were a couple that weren't, which. Um, I called them out on it, <laughs> um, but uh, as a whole, our drivers were okay. But I, I don't know. You, you know, you may not like rubbing this racing. I don't mind side. I don't mind side bumping. I don't mind if you're underneath somebody. You kind of lean on this door, or vice versa. They lean on your door. Um, taking them out, totally different story. Right. Um, you know. Because um, I've chatted with other spotters and, and car owners about you know this and y- you see a rash of it in late model racing lately oh late just, model racing's gotten crazy oh uh, the and the technology into it now i mean it is and they're expensive to run right what is your take on the current state of late model racing because there's so many different rules here there everywhere pro late models super late models you late model stocks like do you think we need one unified yes. set of rules where you can travel all over the country? Yes, that it would make it so much easier. Why and did it get out of hand? I don't know. I, I because because everybody thinks they have the better idea. Yeah. Everybody thinks that you know, hey, you know, my idea is better than yours, so I don't like racing your program. I'm going to start my own. And then someone says, well, I don't like this. I'm going to start start this, and we're going to change that. Um, Greg McCarns up in Midwest. Um, He's a very good advocate for trying to get a standardized rules. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to realize if you can get ten racetracks in your area to have the same rules, just run on different days, you're all going to have a good car count. Right. You have a good car count, you're going to have good stand people in the stands. Mm-hmm. You know, you put on thirty cars on a racetrack, you're not going to have five hundred people in the stands. You're going to have five thousand people in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just. You know, I, I look at, I go back and I look at a picture from my dad racing at Soldier's Field, 1952. 72,000 people in the stands. 
1952. That was a, like an actual like stadium. stadium it was like Soldier's Field. Soldier Field. Yeah. I've seen play, pictures well, of the place. Yeah, where, it looks like a stadium. Yeah, it was a stadium. I mean, and it was flat. It was a giant Bowman Gray, right? A giant Bowman Gray, exactly. Right. And Andy Granatelli, which if you STP STP mm-hmm. was the promoter. Okay. And and there was it was called the North Turn and the South Turn. The the North Turn was where the pits were. And, and so there were no stands in the South Turn. I mean, in the North Turn. Mm-hmm. In the South Turn, there were stands all the way around the racetrack. So he would pay, now you gotta realize, my dad drove for him for six years. He paid 20 bucks if you'd flip your car in the South Turn. If you flipped your car in the North Turn, you didn't get any money because there were no fans there. In front, front, front of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, now you gotta remember, they raced 54s, you know, top heavy, they, the jalopies they were called. Right, street tires. Street stars, yeah, yeah. and they'd, they'd, <laughs> they'd roll over pretty good. Right. So my dad, he was, he was the rollover king, man. He'd make 20 <laughs> extra bucks rolling it over in the southwest, in the south turn. Oh my God, and that is what, 1950? 52. And 20 bucks is like 200. Yeah, right, right, right. It was 20 bucks to roll your car. <laughs> oh my God, that is insane. I, I, have, I have one of my dad's expense books for the whole year was $135. For what? To race the whole year at Soldier's Field. His, expense, his expense book. You know, like $2 for, you know, <laughs> tires and, and, you know, $1.50 to fix bent wheels. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you talk about the money of it, too. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. You talk about the money of it. I, I just did, I was just about to do that. Okay, hang on. Ready? You talk about the money uh, of the racing that they did back then. Compared to now, uh, it's gotten so expensive to race. Um, and it, my, in my belief is if you keep it affordable, you keep the car count. You know, because I've yeah. seen many instances where spending got out of hand in a division and it had 30 cars go down to five. So what is it that we can do to kind of like keep the costs lower to keep more guys coming? Shoot the crew chiefs. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hope your employees don't hear this. <laughs> Chris, edit that out. <laughs> I mean, everybody's looking for uh, the the edge. You know, more. You know, and if it takes more technology, more technology costs more money. Mm-hmm. Um, the sanctioning bodies are sometimes their own worst own, own enemies by changing the rules and then, okay, now you change the rules to save us money, which now in turn costs us money. You know, um, we changed rules, I'll give you a good example. A couple of years ago, they allowed us to have rear ends, skewed rear ends. You know, back when the car, it looked like the cars were crab walking. Right, down, oh, down the yeah, straightaway. Okay, like that was all done with your skew, skewing the rear ends. Mm-hmm. Well. There was no rule against it. So, of course, we all started to put more skew and more skew and more skew. And I got to realize, I'm going to say, we have 20 cars. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's $2,000 a rear-end housing. So, for me to fund this new rule change, well, so I spend $40,000 for rear-ends to have the skewed rear-ends. Well, then we find out, hey, you can run more skew. Well, you can't get it out of these rear-ends. We've got to buy new rear-ends. So, there's another 40000 Well, then they come out with it. Now, you got to realize, everybody's got these. Now they say, okay, you can't run skewed rear ends. So now I throw out $80,000 worth of rear ends and I gotta buy another $40,000 worth of rear ends. Then I gotta buy another 40,000 for backup cars, or, you know, or spare rear ends. So is it, like a, is it like a cycle of spending to save, spending to save? Yes, oh. and it's been that way for years. 
I, I don't know how to get rid of it. Um, I really don't. Uh -huh. I mean, and you see it in cup. You know, years ago, how many cars were there for cup racing? 50. Right. I, I would know because I used to try and make the cup races. Mm -hmm. You know, I made some. Some of them I didn't make. I didn't qualify fast enough. Now, you know, they got this charter thing. Okay, so these 36 guys, you could you could suck and be 36th and still make the race. Mm -hmm. But you're only racing for four spots. So, you know, and it costs so much to get in to, you know, what's a, what's a car today? Oh, in the Cup Series. In the Cup Series. I heard. I don't even know if it's true. Is it up like upwards of like six hundred grand? Yeah, I was just going to tell you six hundred thousand dollars for a car. So how can a guy like me, who used to race Cup, say, "Hey, I want to take. We're going to run a couple of Cup races. I'm not going to spend six hundred thousand dollars for one car, just to try and make the show, you know?" And they say, "Hey, we're saving the car owners money. Well, you may be saving Rick Hendrick and you know Penske and." Gibbs, but you're not saving the other 35 guys that want to do it. Wow. So, I, I mean, but safety is part of it. Uh -huh. um, definitely what they've done for safety-wise is much better. Um, for the ARCA cars or the Cup cars? Cup cars. Okay. Now, we're, we are, we were years behind from the Cup program uh, -huh. uh you know we're about three years behind with our technology with our cars and what we have what because of the the truck arm chassis and yeah that kind yes of, well, that's right. been used for decades for, right? yeah so i don't see us changing because if they do that the series will go it'll go broke uh -huh. they can't they can't change the rules to go to you know five years ago we take a cup car you could buy a cup car and use it now you can't. You can't use anything. Right. That was um, the thing. Yeah. Because I yeah. remember the Bush North series, uh, you know, I pit reported a bunch of races up at Thompson and Stafford where over the winter, those teams would go down south, buy a cup or a Bush car, bring it back up, paint it in their library, and they would go racing. That's how they would do it. Now you have purpose-built ARCA cars with drop snouts and yep. all the technology, the well, geometry. Well, fuel, fuel the cells. You know, we're allowed both an 18 and a 22-gallon fuel cell, either one. Uh -huh. um, well, now the cup cars don't have 22-gallon fuel cells, okay? Nobody does, except they're allowed in ARCA. Uh -huh. Well, some of the races, you want we want a 22-gallon fuel cell. So before, you could call the fuel cell company and they'd be in stock. Well, they don't make them anymore. They're all custom-made. So if you want a 22-gallon fuel cell, it takes four weeks to get one instead of three days to ship it. Man. Because the company, the manufacturer, is not making them. Um, look at lug nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, you know, the lug nut company used to make thousands and thousands of lug nuts for the cup guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, and I used to be sponsored by one of those companies. Well, now that they can't sell them to the cup guys, I can't get them for free because I have to buy them because there's they're making less and less. Right, because they're a business and they they're have business, to keep right. the, the doors open and the lights on just like everyone else. So, you know, they're hurting us a little financially with what we were used to be able to get mm -hmm. with this new car. But, hey, it is what it is. How much... If you don't like it, don't race. <laughs> yeah. Um, with with all that new influx of the cup cars, uh, how much has that talent as far as mechanics, engineers, and all that come filtered down to... Arca and trucks and Bush and like, it has any of it uh, filtered down that way? We, we try, yeah. But when they get to the point where, let's say, a hundred of them are going to lose their jobs because of the technology, 
you know, you don't have body men anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have fabri- these big fabricators that used to do all the cars, um, all the different mechanics. So say there's 100 leaving, 85% of them go back to what they were doing before they were in racing. Really? Yeah. The, the, we, you know, we were hoping it'd make a big difference and we'd get a good influx of people, mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't. Those people said, you know what? I'm just tired of it. I'm not going to do it. And they go back to they go back to Michigan. They go back to Ohio. They go back to Kentucky, wherever they're from, mm-hmm. and do their jobs that they were doing before they come into racing. Wow. It's, and they're probably making the same or more you know, with the skill set that they have yes. doing a non-racing job. Yeah. You've got to realize racing isn't a job. Right. No, it's a lifestyle. It, right. It's a you, lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And you've got to commit to that lifestyle. You know, these kids come in and say, hey, I want to work. We want to, want to, hey, I'm looking for a job. Uh, nah, we don't have jobs. What do you mean? Well, we have lifestyles. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not willing to adapt to that lifestyle, which is not seeing your wife or your kids a lot, right. <laughs> traveling a lot, um, working a lot of hours, and uh, sometimes getting yelled at when you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. If that's not for you, I can't help it. You know, right? It's it's part of it. You got to have thick skin, and and you know, it's it's the way the racers are. And and you got to realize, Arca, because of who we are, and my wife will test to, attest to this. We get we get the, Arca is a stepping stone, not only for the drivers, mm-hmm. for the crew members. Yep. We 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 get them out of. The we school. get them going up, up. and we get them coming, coming down. down. Oh, really? As far as the crew guys go? Yep, yep. And, yeah. yeah. They, they've led that rapid lifestyle with Cup, and they want to slow down. Mm-hmm. So there's some very available, good employees. You know, it's funny that you say that, too, because uh, in the years in the uh, K&N, you know, you'd see those Cup crew guys come, and they'd come down to Kane, and they would love it because it was like man this is like we were going bush racing back in the late 80s early to uh late 90s early 2000s and you know just being back at the short tracks there you know there's less pressure on them too and for them the fun comes back you know that that's the biggest thing uh, i'll mention a, uh, if you remember uh nascar crew chief fatback oh yeah michael mcswain, McSwain mm-hmm. was a crew chief for many years mm-hmm. in the cup series Got tired of it, opened up his own business. Or he sold his business December? I think it was December. He just yeah. sold the tire and auto repair? The t- yeah, yep. he sold the tire and auto. He just sold it? Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's, so he's we back called at him. our shop. He's at our shop. Great. He, yeah. But he said, I don't want to go racing. Uh, he's our shop foreman. He said, I'll do whatever we have to do in the shop. He says, but I, I, I'm not going traveling. Mm-hmm. And and I might if my if my kids got a baseball game, I got to go to my baseball his baseball game. Right, he was on Junior's da- uh, show saying that uh, he, uh, uh, he he likes he wants to do something with racing again. That's that was, well that that, that well that's how we knew he was interested. Oh, we, by we, listening to the show, we heard that and it says, hey, you know, let's call Fat back and see 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 when he worked for Melling. That's cool. Yeah, he was he was crew chief for Melling Melling Racing. They were they were my tenant. Oh, okay. In my shop, 
Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I wasn't using the whole building, and I was only using 5,000 square feet. And Melling re leased the rest of the building out, and Fatback was the crew chief for them back no in the kidding. 94, 95, or whenever it was. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you is, is uh, do you still own buildings and uh, like yes. that? Or you, okay, yeah. So you yeah. do some property stuff too. Yeah. When, yeah. So do I. I have rental properties. Yeah. I have I have uh, 40,000 square feet of commercial space. Uh, but we take up 25 of it for the team. <laughs> now, it, it, and, and this is a question, this is leading me to, this is a question we've been having for a, a lot of the people that come in is longevity in the sport. Like you guys have been together for 50 years. You've been racing for almost that long too. What is it that you got to do to keep that longevity going in this sport? Because nowadays it's, Hard, it seems like it's harder and harder to stay in the sport that we love. I think if we, would, if we wouldn't have started when we did, we wouldn't have been in it this long. Um, I don't see my son being in it that long. It's, it's, too, it's, it's too mentally stressful, mm -hmm. first of all, to perform like you have to perform, to find the finances to keep the program running. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't do it. Really? You know, if if my son wasn't doing the program, we we wouldn't be racing today because that's what I told him. I said I'll support you, but I'm not going to do this. You have to. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't I don't think, um, I don't think you can survive 30 years in this business. You know the way it is now. Mm -hmm. You know. You think it's a changing trend we're going to see because. What we've seen too is in like sponsors on cars. There's you know there's less and less that are for a full season. We're seeing you know is that the case where we're seeing drivers have shorter careers and and crew chiefs same thing. Definitely, it, it, I, I don't. I, I think the whole industry is is going that way. Car owners, car owners. Uh -huh. um, you know um, what happens when Rick Hendrick leaves? Who yeah. takes over? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I would assume, my, or I would assume Jeff Gordon. I mean, he's kind of like taking well, over yeah, that yeah, role I, right I guess, now, right? I guess, yeah, but, but yeah. you know, um, you, you've got to find somebody that, like, okay, Jeff Gordon, he's passionate about this. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's good for the deal. Um, I think Jimmy Johnson getting into uh, Legacy Motor Club is a good plus for that because, you know, Richard's, just a just a spokesperson, kind of like what I am for Venturini most motorsports, you know, <laughs> or the Mickey Mouse ears, you know, right? Uh, you know, where Maury Gallagher, he, he he loves racing, but he also has Legionnaire, mm -hmm. so I think with Jimmy Johnson coming into that, he's going to be able to maybe sustain that company a lot longer, because of his passion of racing, like, you know, worst, I should say. She is so still passionate about racing. That I got to tell you, the other day we were in the in the hotel, and we, I don't even watch track race. And I go, okay, we got to go to race track. And I says, tell you what, I said, I'll just stay here and you can go to the race track. She says, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll leave you in the hotel room. I don't care, but she's not missing a race. All right. <laughs> you know? do, do you you prod him along? Do you try oh, to keep God. the fire lit under him? Oh, he just said, oh God. Yeah, he he's he's tired. Mm -hmm. I'm not. You're not. I, I you work out six days a week. Oh, don't, don't, don't rub it in. <laughs> Get out of here. I still enjoy the competition. Mm -hmm. I am. You get that adrenaline rush when you win. I mean, did you ever drive at all? No. You never drove or anything. I, I drove one powder puff race, and he was a nervous wreck, and As said never again. Right. And it just kind of got out of me. I like 
but you still being love- in the pits and working in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to load and unload trailers. I used to get everything ready. Wow. Yeah, but but one rule everybody knows when they come to work for us. <laughs> What's that? Don't mess with Mama V. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because you look like you could whoop some ass. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I had four brothers, mm-hmm. and I was the oldest, but they were all bigger than me. And come, and come from an Ita- Italian yeah, household. Yeah. You know. She doesn't need her fist to beat you up. Her voice, could, her, her, you know that. I, I, t- I tell people I come from an Italian household. They know two emotions, happy and pissed off. Yeah, That's, yeah. It. <laughs> That's, That's right. So keep mama happy. Keep mama happy. Cool. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure you guys have got hours and hours of stories that you could keep sharing. And uh, we definitely would love to have you guys back again. But before we go, I also want to say thank you because anytime I was at the track pit reporting the races or something, you guys were so gracious to give me something to eat or come on over and grab a bite or a Gatorade when it was hot or something. So thank you guys for uh, for being that nice to me when I was doing the job. Well, thank you for being nice to us. I mean, you <laughs> yes. know, you, 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 we need each other. Yeah. We all, we all, we're all trying to lift each other up in this business, right? Yes, I mean, we all have to support each other. Right. I'm not reporting anymore, so I switched over to doing this show, and hopefully it catches on, and we're, uh, we're going to keep doing it because I love doing it. That's number one, because I get to drop the reporter curtain and just be me. You know, I don't have to be yep. a stiff guy with the well, microphone. Well, you got it from me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell everybody that Big Bill taught me everything I know, right? <laughs> no, I meant you. You got me dropping the curtain, too. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty... Billy made it many years ago. He said, hey, Dad, at one point, did you not give a shit? Oh, my God. And I, said, and I said 60. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of your... Some of Billy's lines on the air are just hysterical i mean he tore one driver apart last year and i was like wow it just and he just he didn't he was you know but he doesn't say anything he doesn't, he doesn't back, feel you know? right i was gonna say you don't you don't have to worry about what's on his mind he's gonna tell you that's the one thing i like about billy so but guys thank, thank you. you very much thank we you. have to wrap it up but uh, yes it was a great time Bill and Kathy Venturini joining us on the Derek Pernasiglio Show. This was a lot of fun, and we'll see you the next time. Bye.